title of the message today is Interacting with God. Interacting with God. I've, um, I have to tell you, I've been in kind of a personal, spiritual revival lately, and I'm excited about it. And I remember Pastor Jack, who was my pastor for many years and a spiritual mentor and pastor to me. I remember him saying that he didn't like for two weeks to go by without having a personal spiritual renewal. And that's very convicting, isn't it? If he did that and wanted that from the Lord, I want that too. Amen. And recently, one of my pastor friends posted something on his page. And how, how many of you have ever, like, you're going through your, your feed, maybe it's on Facebook or whatever it is, and, you're, and then somebody puts a Bible verse or they put something, a quote or something, and, you know, it goes, oh, that's, you think, oh, that's really cool. That's really nice. And then it kind of sticks with you for a while, and then you realize that God is using that to, to do something, to change something in your life. Well, that's what happened recently with a post that one of my friends, pastor friends, posted of a story about a lady who some of you may be familiar with, Catherine Kuhlman. And if you don't know anything about Catherine Kuhlman, she was, she was known for having an, a very amazing touch of God in her meetings. You would walk into her meetings and immediately feel the presence of God and, and the love of God. My pastor in my 20s said that he went to one of Catherine Coleman's meetings and he said, instantly when I walked in, I felt a very deep sense of the love of God and his presence. And Pastor Bob, who is our founding pastor of our church, said that one of the meetings, an atheist was walking by one of her meetings and just walking by and got thrown against the wall of the outside while the meeting was going on and then turned around, walked into the place and got saved. And that's, that's the kind of stories that you would hear from things of Catherine Coleman. So why, so, you know, then you ask the question, well, what was she doing that was, had this special connection with God? Well, here is the post. I want to read it to you and don't worry about trying to read that up there because I'm going to read it to you. That's very small. But I wanted you to see what I saw. I wanted you to see the post and see her, her picture there. By the way, if you ever want to be inspired by some good Bible stuff, look on YouTube for what was her show called back in the 70s? I Believe in Miracles. And if you type in in YouTube, Catherine Coleman, I Believe in Miracles, you will be blessed. She had guests on there, like she had Corey Tenboom. These, these are two powerhouses together talking. These two ladies were talking together. She, she met and had a meeting with young people during the Jesus movement. You can watch that video on YouTube where she is sitting on a chair next to Chuck Smith, who is the founder of the Calvary Chapel movement during the Jesus movement. She is talking with him while all these hippies are packed in the room and they have gotten saved and they're on fire for God. You can watch that. But when she starts out the program, you'll love it because you know, it's in the 70s, so you, get, you prepare yourself for that. And then she comes in and she goes, I believe in miracles. <laughs> and then you start right into it and you get a powerful message. Anyways, many people got healed. Many people got delivered in her meetings. Listen to this. 
And the title of the message today is Interacting with God. And this talks about Catherine Coleman's prayer life. When asked about her prayer life, she replied, I pray all the time because if I limited the Holy Spirit to a certain number of hours a day, I would be in danger of using him for my own purpose. For instance, I spent, if I spent one hour a day in prayer, I would expect the Holy Spirit to reward me for that hour. I would begin to feel that it was that hour in prayer that caused the anointing in the meeting. So I cannot use the Holy Spirit in that way. I must practice his presence all the time. Catherine Coleman manifested the power of the Holy Spirit wherever she went, the article goes on. No matter how large or small a building was, the sinner or saint always knew when Miss Coleman entered the building because the whole atmosphere seemed to change. Her life was a commitment to prayer. Traveling constantly, she prayed continuously. Before her meetings, her staff relates that Miss Coleman could be seen pacing back and forth, head up, head down, arms flung into the air, hands grasped behind her back with her face covered in tears. Oral Roberts succinctly tells us of the intensity of her prayers. He says, it was like they were talking back and forth to each other and you couldn't tell where Miss Catherine started and where the Holy Spirit left off. It was a oneness. No wonder her ministry was characterized by signs and wonders. Wow. So that has been sticking with me for a while. And that has been life-changing to me recently, where it's changed how I go about in a day, where it's not just an hour or two of prayer time. It is, you know, the Bible says, pray without ceasing, continually stay in that fellowship and that connection. And so this has brought another dimension for me as I pray it will for you as well. And so I have some thoughts about interacting with God or what is called, uh, Brother Lawrence called it, practicing the presence of God. Uh, The first is that by interacting with God throughout the day, you will, number one, grow in your relationship and fellowship with God. Interacting with God throughout the day, you will grow in your relationship and fellowship with God. Now, if there's anyone who modeled this, who is the perfect example of modeling this, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Through his ministry, as he walked and as he performed miracles, as he did all these things, he was continually interacting with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Take a look at John chapter 14, verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. Let's say this all together. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, and you would have known my Father also from now on, you know him and you've seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. 
Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you do not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the, You see the oneness right there? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Now, again, you have to understand that these are distinct persons of the Godhead who are moving in oneness together as God. Most assuredly, I say to you, verse 12, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask, that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you dwelling in the indwelling of the Father and the Son. See, he wants that with us, doesn't he? A little while longer and the world sees me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. And that day and that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. Wow. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved of my Father and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but my Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and, and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Okay, I, I just gave you that big thing because it is one of the most chapters in the Bible. And it shows us what God really wants with all of us, and that is that close relationship and interaction and fellowship with him throughout the day, throughout the day. And so everything that Jesus modeled for us, everything that he did when he operated in the power of the Holy Spirit was to show us how God wants that same interaction with us. So it brings us closer to God, number one, and causes us to have relationship and fellowship. Okay, the second one is that by interacting with God throughout the day, you will, number two, see miracles happen in the moment. See miracles happen in the moment. By this praying, by, by praying without ceasing, by praying this way, your life becomes a prayer. Your, your life becomes about prayer. Um, and the First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. By praying in the moment, you are asking God into the moment. And God is our miracle-working God. Amen? Matthew 19, 26. This is, my daughter asked me on the way here. She didn't know anything about what I was going to preach today. We, on the way to church, she comes with me, and we go get a donut every, 
every Sunday morning. It's one of my favorite times with my daughter. She said, Daddy, can you give me one verse that I can memorize real fast on the way to church because I'll get extra points tonight because there's some things I want to get. <laughs> and I said, let me give you a very easy verse. It is my favorite verse in the entire Bible. Besides maybe John 3.16. Matthew 19.26. With God, all things are possible. Can you say that with me again? With God, all things are with him. With him, interacting with him, all things are possible. And then, then I told her a very, another easy verse, which is close to this one, very close in my favorites, is Mark 9, 23. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. You know, since I've been walking with Jesus, I know you have too. You have probably seen some miracles. I have seen so many miracles over the years. And when you tell people, it's like, let me, let me tell you some things that God has done. It's just amazing. You walk with God, and he does some pretty amazing things. We prayed for someone yesterday. It was happening during the memorial service. By the way, thank you for all those that came out and supported Karen in the memorial service. And thank you for all that, that served. It was just a power. This place was packed full of people supporting Karen. And thank you for coming out and serving. Really blessed our hearts to see everyone involved like that. But we prayed during that time. I sent out a prayer request to our prayer team, and we prayed for someone who uh, had an issue with a blood clot in the brain and they rushed him to the hospital, and he came out okay. It was a miracle. It was a real miracle. And he has, he's in a three-month recovery, and keep him in your prayers. But miracle, miracles after miracle after miracle. You will see miracles. One of my favorite, all-time favorite miracles. Can I share with you just a, a, a real quick miracle? You know, there's, there's some miracles that just stand out. I've been walking with the Lord for a straight 30 years. And I, there's some markers. Oh, oh you, got, you got to hear this miracle, you know, or this one. You know, you think about different ones. And one of my favorite ones was early on in my rededicated life to the Lord, my friend John and I were kind of commissioned. We were like the, the disciples, the two disciples of our pastor. We learned so much from him. But he would send us out on little, you know, journeys to help people. And one of them was this homeless couple that was meeting that was living in their car. Jared and Leslie, I will never forget their names. I'll never forget them. But he had us go deliver Little Caesar's pizza to them. And it was several times. That was their favorite thing. And we delivered it to them several times during the week. That was back in the days of Little Caesar when it was pizza pizza. And it really meant there was two pizzas. One, you buy one, you get one free. And it was in one big long box. Do you remember those days? Yeah. And... So we would do the pizza pizza. We'd bring it to them, and we did this often. One day we got there, and I had just recently been baptized with the Holy Spirit, and I got my spiritual language. I was so excited about that. And if you haven't experienced that, pursue it, because you will be blessed in your prayer life. But we got there, and Leslie had got stuck in her seatbelt, and she had been stuck in her seatbelt for hours by the time we had gotten there. And she was angry. She was upset. And she was not a believer. Jared was a believer. She was not. They were married. So she is so frustrated. And 
Jared's like, I I've tried everything. I've tried to help her. There nothing is working. We've tried everything to get her out of the seatbelt. Nothing's working. So John and I hop in, and we start trying to. We start trying to get this seatbelt off. And while we start, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, I want you to pray in your spiritual language out loud. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, Lord. No, 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 no. No, you don't understand, Lord. I know I, I just got this recently, but that would be pretty embarrassing. She doesn't even believe, so why am I going to do this? Lord said, no, this is me. I want you to pray in your spiritual language out loud. I said, okay, here we go. So I start praying, and it came out like a machine gun, like something I hadn't experienced before. And as soon as I started praying in the spirit out loud, her seatbelt made a noise, a loud noise, and it made a pinging noise, ping, and it released. And I went, and John went, and Jared went, and Leslie went. And I said, whoa, I said, that was, whoa, that was a miracle. Jared, that was a miracle, right? That was a miracle. We've been trying for four hours. That was a miracle. And Leslie's like, wow, wow. All right. So fast forward a couple weeks later, they were, they got in a hotel. We went to the hotel to bring pizza, pizza. We got there and uh, I, we start talking to Jared and Leslie and said, well, you know, that was amazing, wasn't it? Last week, you know, God did a miracle, right? And Yeah. And I said, Leslie, would you like to ask Jesus to come into your life? And she said, yes, I would. I said, awesome. Let's ask, let's pray right now. So she asked Jesus to come into her life. And a few months later, she passed away. You interact with the Holy Spirit and God will do miracles. And he wants to do miracles really to love you, but he also wants to love people through you, and he wants people to get saved. And that's why those, these, you, know, you see in the book of Acts, miracles were happening everywhere because God is committed and dedicated to saving the lost. Amen. So we will see miracles when we walk and interact with God. Okay, and then number three, by interacting with God throughout the day, you will, number three, be less likely to be tempted. That is so true. That's so true. You're walking through the day, God, I just thank you. God, I praise you. Oh, Lord, you are wonderful. You know, you don't have to get hyper-spiritual, you know, and be a show-off with your prayers. Just pray, you know, under your breath, so to speak, you know, you can get a little bit more wild when the windows are shut in your car, the air conditioning's on, and you can let it out, you know. God, I just thank you. Hallelujah. You know, and sing the worship songs. And people are looking, oh, man, look at that guy. Look at that guy. Look at that girl. She's doing something in the car there. Man. And we've all seen it. We've all probably done it, you know. But interact with him. And then temptation when you're walking in the presence of God, temptation gets pushed away, and it's further at bay, right? And Jesus actually said this. He said in Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray. 
lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, how we all know that, right? Sin was fun before we got saved. Then when you got saved, sin wasn't fun anymore because the Holy Spirit's there now, and he's holy. And, and you go, oh, man, this isn't fun anymore. I feel horrible. I feel convicted because the Holy Spirit is interacting with you. And you can even do that without, throughout the day. God, I forgive you. I forgive, forgive me for having the, that thought or forgive me for the thing I just said. And I'm going to go to that person and ask them to forgive me. Why? Because you're walking in the spirit and you're being convicted and you're, you want to have that fellowship with the Holy Spirit very strong. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, right? So we want that when we're walking with the Lord. And if we get out of line, when you're praying and interacting with God, you just make that a quick prayer. God, I, that was wrong, and I ask you to forgive me. Uh, you are right. I am wrong, and I need that to be clear between you and me and whoever it is I may have hurt. So we need that. And then another, let's see. Let me, let me, do I have another one on that? Yes. No, I don't. Pray so that you will not, you will not enter into temptation pray that you don't enter into temptation you can pray and be kept away from temptation by interaction with god you're less likely to be tempted and that's the fact jack amen amen all right number four by interacting with god throughout the day you will be more loving more kind more gentle more positive and be an even more amazing person than you are right now by interacting with God. We, we need you to interact with God. You need me to interact with God, right? Isn't that true? You don't want to see my unborn-again self, and I don't want to see your unborn-again self, right, your old nature. Now, I, wa I want you to look at a, a contrast here. This, this is so amazing how God puts this in here in Galatians 5, 16. I say this then, walk in the Spirit. What is that? That is interacting, walking with God throughout the day, praying without ceasing, walking in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Sound like what we've been talking about? For the flesh, amen? amen. So for the flesh... Uh, lusts or wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, that's sex outside of marriage and, and perversion, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. This is all the works of the flesh. Selfish ambitions, dissensions. That, that means to be contrary and have contention that is in the root of that word. Heresies, uh, false teachings, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and party spirit, and the like, of which I have told you beforehand, and I also told you in time past that those who 
practice, which means to continually practice such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, now here's the contrast. If you walk in the Spirit, this is what it's going to look like in your life. This is what we're going to see in you and what you're going to see in me. The fruit of the Spirit is, let's say it together, love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk. That means interact with God, be praying without ceasing, walk in the Spirit, and let us not become conceited, king one another, envying one another. Let me just say something with this is kind of... um, Spiritual maturity 101, that if you're walking in the Spirit, if you're practicing the presence of God, you're interacting with God throughout the day, it is not for the purpose of a show. But to say, I have, I am walking with the Lord, okay? To become, as it says, conceited. And another thing, if I could just add with that, as far as spiritual maturity 101, is it never means to be unsubmitted to leadership because sometimes people say, well, I've got this with the Lord and therefore I don't need the body of Christ. Therefore, I don't need to listen to leadership because I know what I'm doing. And that's a dangerous place to be. I would never want to be in that place myself. I am submitted to leadership. And God has designed it for our spiritual growth. So being spiritually or hyper-spiritual is not being spiritually mature. Uh, Spiritual maturity means that you have all these fruit of the Spirit, but it also means that you're humble and you are submitted. And that's how the Holy Spirit moves. Amen? Amen. That was a little little, little extra there. A little extra. All right. So by interacting with God, you will be walking with him. You will be walking in the spirit. You will be a more loving person. Your spouse will thank you for walking in the spirit. Hallelujah. You will be a more kind person. Your grumpy pants will no longer fit. Right? You will be easier to be around when you walk in the Spirit. You will be a more positive person because you operate by faith and hope in the God of all miracles. I have rarely, in fact, I don't think I've ever found someone that I have respected as someone that I look up to as a mentor or a pastor or a spiritual leader who is also a negative person. A person who is spiritually mature and they walk with the Holy Spirit and, they wa- and, I, and I have, I've looked up to them, they are always a positive person. Why? Because they believe in hope. They believe in in the future and a hope. They believe in the God of all miracles. So when you come with your negativity, they go, oh, no, 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 no. You don't need to do that. God's going to come through for you. God's going to come through for you. And some of you need to get out of that negativity. You've been walking in the flesh for so long. That's all, that's all you're used to. And you need to get out of that and be 
a positive person, not in a fake way, but in a genuine way because you're walking in the Spirit. Uh, Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So, we're closing up here. I hope that what we've talked about today is going to do what it did for me. It's going to challenge you to think about what's happening in a given day. Think about how you're interacting with God during the day. Lord, I praise you. God, I thank you. And keep that going throughout the day. Is anyone challenged by that? Like like I was challenged with it. Amen. Amen.